Hello again. Welcome. My name is Celia Landman. Most people just call me Landy. So in today's podcast, I thought I'm going to talk a little bit about culture shock. Now, culture shock for people who have never traveled anywhere, they might not know exactly what it means. But it means when you go to another country, not just to visit, but to live, and the things are very, very, very different from the way you used to live or the things are different from the way you used to do it, then some people will become a little bit sad and they will miss their home very much. I don't know, I was maybe just lucky because before I came to Taiwan, I traveled to quite a few countries in the world and maybe I, I got used to not being in my own country. So I never really had a problem with a culture shock. But I do know of some people, I remember once when I was a director of a language school and there was a new teacher who didn't seem too happy and the one morning when we got to school to work, this teacher was gone. The culture shock was too much for them and during the night they packed up their bags and they took a flight back home. That happens, but I must say anybody who can hang on for a little bit and not just want everything to be like, the, like it is at home, they can overcome the culture shock. So it does exist, there's proof of that. But what I want to do is I want to tell you some of the things that were very different from what I was used to. Anybody who comes to Taiwan will also find this is a little bit different. And now I'm not talking about the very obvious things like, for example, the language, right? Of course, the language is going to be different from your own country. If you come from Canada or England or Australia or South Africa, the language is going to be different. You are prepared for that. But there are many other things that are also different. For example, the food. Now, in Western countries, when people think about Chinese food, they think about sweet and sour pork, and that's it. You go to a Chinese restaurant and you eat sweet and sour pork, and they think this is Chinese food. But if you come to Asia and to Taiwan, then you'll find that you can find sweet and sour pork, but it's, it's not very high up on the menu. There are many other dishes that are much better, actually, than sweet and sour pork. I'm not saying sweet and sour pork is not nice. It is very nice, of course. But a guy who comes here thinking, I'm going to Taiwan, there's Chinese food, I'll get sweet and sour pork. And he might not be able to find it that easily. So he might have culture shock. But um, that's just one of the examples. So another thing that might be very different for people is the living conditions. Now, I live in the capital, Taipei. It's a very crowded capital. And uh, rent is extremely high. If you go further south to some of the other cities that are not so densely populated, and if you even go to the countryside, this will, of course, change. But if you just look at the city where I live, Taipei, where, there's, where there are many job opportunities, so many people come here, you'll find that the rent is very high. If you are willing to share an apartment or a flat with other people, it becomes affordable. But if you want to live alone, you're going to pay a lot. So uh, when I came to Taiwan the first time, I stayed in a hostel for a few months, like I mentioned in a previous episode. Then I moved to an apartment I shared with four other people. Then I moved again to another place that I shared with four other people. This is the place you might remember where I told you that I got a strange visitor. In that house, the landlady lived with us in the house, and then three guys rented one room each, and the three of us shared one bathroom. And I remember that this bathroom was interesting because you stood in a little bathtub when you showered. And uh, I always thought it was a, a, like a light yellow little bathtub that you stood in. Until one day I thought to myself, hang on, but nobody has cleaned this, this bathroom for a while. 
of since I moved in. And I, I'm a guy who like I like clean. I like things to be clean. So I decided one day I'm gonna I'm gonna clean this this whole bathroom. It was a very small place. You could clean it in a less than thirty minutes. And I the last thing I started cleaning was this little bathtub. And as I started cleaning it, I realized this little bathtub is not yellow. It's actually white. And because of years and years of not cleaning, it has become yellow from all the, the soap and the shampoo and the, sorry to say, the body dirt. And I scrubbed that little bathtub until it was white. And after that, I only stayed there, I believe, for, I wonder if it was even a year. And, and during that time, I kept it white. But when I moved out of there, I decided I will never share again. From now on, I will always have my own bathroom. And because I made that decision, of course, I have to pay more. Because until a few years ago, it was very hard actually to find little apartments and little flats for single people. That is because the Taiwanese people, many young people live at home until they get married. And even after that, they still continue to live at home with their wife, if they are the eldest son, that's often the case. So it was not that easy to find small places for single people. But recently that has changed. The most popular now, I won't say the most popular, one of the popular things is that a, a landlord would buy a, like a three-bedroom apartment and then he would cut it into f four or five little apartments, each one with his own bathroom and maybe, if you are lucky, a little kitchen. So, so those places are not cheap and the landlord can then actually make more money than just renting out the whole apartment as a whole. So that's the little place that I stay in now. Uh, but of course, some people don't mind sharing. And I say, good luck to them. Enjoy the shower in the yellow little tub, if, <laughs> if that's what you want. So the living conditions might get to some people. For me, if it's clean, I have no problem. Another thing that was interesting here, for me, that's also different, is that uh, when I was in school in South Africa, elementary school and high school, if I remember correctly, we finished school just after one, because we always ate lunch at home. Now, I lived in a small town, so it was maybe easier for me. In the cities, it might be different. But here in Taiwan, it's very different. The students here, after the first few grades, when they get a little older, they stay in school from the morning until about 4 or 5 p.m., which was, uh, which was something that doesn't really affect a foreigner coming here, but it was just something very different. And then when they go to high school, once they finish their uh, high school at 5 o'clock, they don't go home. They go to what they call a cram school. And in this cram school, basically what happens there is that teacher goes over the work again that they do in, in that grade. Sometimes those cram schools are slightly ahead of the teacher in the real school, so as the, that the students will be slightly better prepared. But that was, that was astonishing for me that these students would go to school. And another th interesting thing about the education is you can't just go to a high school that is near your house. You have to write an entrance exam after you finish junior high school. And then, depending on your score, you can now choose a high school. And sometimes it's on the other side of the city. So these poor people get up at 5 o'clock sometimes. They finish school at 5, then they go to a cram school, depending on how many subjects they study there. It's often math, mathematics, and also science often, and then also languages. And then they get home like 10, 11 o'clock at night sometimes. And then they still have to do homework. So that was very, very... Uh, I always said to my students, wow, you went to school all these hours. Then you go to night school. And I only went to school from 8 to 1. And I'm not that much more stupid than you. 
So, so, so good luck to them. That is the that is the culture they have here, that you have to get extra classes most of the time. There are students who never go to these uh, cram schools, so uh, good for them. But also after the after high school, another test that the cram schools prepare the students for is the university entrance exam, where all students write exactly the same exam. And depending on those scores, then uh, you can choose which university you want to go to and what you can study. So it's obviously a very, very important exam for the students, and they often go to cram schools to prepare for that. So that is uh, that is something. The education was something that's very interesting for me, and I didn't know all these things until I lived here for a few years. But the students are extremely hardworking, and the teachers. And, and maybe that's why they're so far ahead. You know, we, we often see in the news when there's a, a mathematics Olympics or something, it's always uh, students from Asia who win. It's because they work so hard. It's not because they are suddenly just more geniuses in, in Asia. They study very, very hard. All right, let's move on to another topic. Well, let's say, let's take a look, for example, in America. In America, very often, younger people will call older people by their first name. Uh, even in, in, in the office also, they will sometimes call their, their bosses by their first name. Now, that will never happen in Taiwan. In Taiwan, young people call older people uncle and auntie. In the office, most of the time, they call the, the manager Mr. So-and-so. If it's in a company, let's say, for example, the company has a director, they will call the, the, the boss Director Chen, if Chen is his family name. So the people are very polite. And then an interesting story that happened, well, it happens actually, it happened a few times to me, is as you, this happens to me usually when I, when I go jogging. So the Taiwan people are very friendly, most of them. And I suppose what happens is when they see me jogging towards them, they're now walking along the river, I'm jogging, opposite directions. Now, if I pass another jogger, when the other jogger is about a meter away, I will say hi, and he will say hi. Joggers usually say hello to each other. Not always, but usually. Uh, if the jogger runs too slowly, I won't say hello. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now sometimes you get the, 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 the Taiwan people, they're walking along the river and they see me coming and maybe they want to show me that they are friendly. So they build up the courage to say hello. But they don't say it in a normal way. They don't say it when they're about half a meter or a meter in front of me. They wait until they're just about level with me. And then it's basically an attack because they go, hello. And before I can even answer, they, are, they have gone by. They are behind me and I cannot say hello back to them. So I found that quite interesting, but I never blame them. I'm not sure if some people will experience that as a culture shock. I just take it as it comes. It gives me a bit of a fright, though, if they come from behind on a bicycle, maybe. And they do that when they are right next to me and they, and they shout hello in an aggressive manner. I do get a bit of a fright. Uh, that has happened, and uh, usually I am—I will not probably say hello back to them. If they're going the other direction, they're already gone. If they're going forward, probably on a bicycle, so they're too far away anyway. So it, it can sometimes happen that these different attitudes can upset you a little bit, but I think you have to uh, make peace with the fact that you are not in your own country. So things are going to be different, and you have to be adaptable. Otherwise, you won't be able to survive in another country. And there are some countries that, that are easier to adapt to. So, for example, if, a, if somebody from New Zealand go to Australia, that's not that big a deal, right? Because they, are, they speak the same language, the food is more or less the same, there are many sheep in both countries, and so on. 
But uh, if you come to a country very different, another culture altogether, you'll have to have an open mind. And I think if you have an open mind, then uh, there's no reason why you cannot adapt. Many, many people have come to Taiwan and they have adapted and they have been long-term residents here like me. And uh, if you are thinking of coming here as a visitor or long-term, I'm sure you can make it work. So those are a few little things that I wanted to share with you. Interesting little things, I think. And I hope it will prepare you a little bit better if you decide to go and work or study in another country. All right. So all the best and we'll talk again next time. Bye-bye. <music>